Hey guys, welcome to the Legacy Project, episode one. We've got our first guest on this week. Um, I'm really excited to have him on. His name is Travis Young, which we'll introduce him in a second. Um, he's father of two, runs his own gym. Um, he's been through a lot of adversity in his life. And um, he's just got a really cool story about how he's come out the back of it. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Um, we'll throw over to the live recording now and then uh, guys enjoy. Speak to you soon. song never gets old. It never does. Good. I'm, I'm pumped now. I'm excited. So, but welcome to the podcast. Cheers, um, bro. For the guys that don't know you, do you want to give us a little introduction? Of course. Uh, my name is Travis Young. I'm 30 years old. I am a father of two. I own a gym called Reborn Fitness Club in Tarrant Point. Um, grew up playing footy. That's kind of my passion. Was never any good to make it any further. But um, yeah, that's kind of the, the basics around my life. Mate makes two of us about the footy stuff. Grew up playing it. It's probably the best sport. But um Average would be the best thing to say about myself. So, um, what did you used to play when you grew up? What was the position? Always in the halves. I was always always a half. My, my old man played for uh, for Bulldogs, and then my brother, um, he was eight years older than me. He was a gun. Um, he ended up going on and he you know, did all his reps through Cronulla, then went to Penrith, um, made his first grade debut, debut there, and then went to Canterbury, then ended up going overseas. But yeah, no, nah, he was. He was silky, my brother, really, really good. He's really um, one of those those players that just like seems to have a lot of time on his yeah. hands. So the, he played halfback and I didn't want to do anything my brother wanted to do. So, or we played in the half, sorry. So I think he, he did all I wanted to do. So that's where I played all the way up until um, uh, A grade. And then, oh, sorry, first grade, I went down the coast and I started playing a bit of fullback and then transitioned in the centres. But oh, nice. always kind of thought of myself as uh, in the halves. But as I lost my passion a little bit more, I started... Yeah. Just wanted to run the ball. <laughs> Mate, we sound very similar. My brother, like, carved me up. Yeah. Um, went through the system as well. Didn't end up making first grade play for the Bulldogs for a while. But, man, I was always that um, that second child that just didn't live up to the hype, I don't think. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I was talented. Like, I could um, I could make the squads and stuff like that. But I just wouldn't turn up to training and things <laughs> like that. I was just shit mindset. Like, it's, I was talking to um, one of the young fellas that's starting to work here. He's, um, his old man's Adam Dykes. Yeah. And I was talking to him this morning, and he's he's going through that system. And I, I was the um, I was that kid that just wouldn't wouldn't try, and and would, if we were asked to get to, you know, you know, do a one point two in five minutes, I'd do it just on five minutes, even just though I could, I could cruise it in. Cruise like, yeah, just one of those kids. But now I'm the the total opposite. Since like you know, well, everything I've been through in the last uh, like you know four years, it's really changed me. Where I flipped everything and now i'm like the total opposite from when i was from when i was like 13 14 up to the age of 25 26 i'm later sorry 27 28 and then yeah changed ever since then uh, well, mate, probably a good segue to tell the story i guess so, yeah right um, let's get into yeah, it so um stuff from the start yeah we'll get into it so um like i was saying i had, I had, a, I had a really um i had a crew a really cruisy childhood you know my parents were great um i, I was popular at school good at sports um, relatively smart, um, all the way through through school. When I finished school, didn't really have any direction. That was what was one of my my problems. And then I started um, I started doing my PT course at the AIF when I was nineteen, and I was the youngest there by heaps. And I, and I obviously finishing my course and 
there was a few options and the options are either, you know, go to a fitness first, anytime fitness or, you know, snap fitness or whatever it was around the time and become a PT and kind of yeah. run your own business through their business. Or you could go to a vision and, and you know, get your, your hours and, and do it that way. And for some reason, like it never appealed to me to go that way. And, and the last option was to start your own business and um, give it a crack where, you know, at my age at 19 to start a personal training business back 11 years ago was like pretty, like, you know, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was pretty ballsy to do. So it just started, like, I honestly had a, a set of dumbbells, um, a rubber band um, with the, the handers on them. Bootstrapping it. Yeah, just, just I had no idea what I was doing. And the, the, how I sold the first, you know, t- two PTs was to two girls who were out one night and I was telling them I was the best PT ever <laughs> and I was pissed and I hadn't even personally trained anyone yet. Yeah, I was, uh, don't worry, I was, I, was, I was never short of confidence as a kid. Um, so that was when I was 19, I started that and then two, two went to four, four went to eight and, you know, I had a little bit of, um, momentum, like really small momentum, but I started just buying stuff and I started putting it downstairs you know, at my, at my parents' home and I could end up creating like this little gym and, you know, I was there for, did that for about six to eight months and, um, then I was like, all right, what's the next step? And I was playing footy down the coast. It was my first year and, and one of the blokes there, I, I literally just met him. And he was he was over over in um, Rose Bay doing PTs and he was travelling from Cronulla to Rose Bay every day and he was getting over his little big hours similar to yeah. similar style to say a vision you know where you get paid like per sessions like twelve dollars fifty per session like you're getting raped yeah and he was like man like I, I want to do my own thing I said look I, I want to get a factory let's grab a factory so we grabbed the, f- the factory together two young kids tw- oh. 21 oh dang yeah 21 and um i just turned 21 playing footy together had no idea about business and we honestly made every mistake you can make along the way through business you know we um didn't know what bass was i mean me and i still joke about that like i'm still not even sure what that is (laughs) it's just a running joke of small business when you first i was just saying i was just like i got an accountant really early yeah, no, like even the accountant would tell us and I'm like, I don't even know what these guys <laughs> talking about anyways. But um, so like, yeah, we made all the wrong decisions. Like we had no no way of tracking anyone, how anyone was paying their, their bill, like uh, paying for their membership, sorry. Like uh, we're, we're paying bills like, oh, we got this. We just like, there was no organization whatsoever. Yeah. But we made it work. We'll, honestly, we're young kids having a crack and just enjoying life. And it was, it was a super fun time. Like for the first, you know, four, four and a half years, it was just... You know, work was work was almost like a. It, it was, you wouldn't say that like it was ever a dread. Like it was always fun. We'd go go into work and have fun and just muck around, and it it, it was just a good place to be around. You know, we would like it, it ended up getting me in trouble, but yeah. we would train hard, but then we'd party hard with the clients as well. So we had that like that that little bit of a balance there. But um, yeah. So about four and a half uh, years in in two thousand and fourteen, I found out that I was going to be a father and. Um, at that time, you know, like I, I truly believe I, I was, I wasn't ready. Like I was a very, I felt like I was, I, I was like still 21, yeah. but I was 25, but I felt like I was really young and, and, you know, rather than like talking about it and trying to solve the problem, like I started drinking a lot more and started like, and get, I was all, always gambling. So from the age of 18, I was always gambling on the pokies and that was always, I could always feel that that was a problem, but you know, drugs had never been a problem up until, you know, when I was 25 and found out that I was going to be a dad and I wasn't ready. I started, I started partying a lot more and, 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 and the drug that I used was cocaine. I really started hitting it hard and benders started to become a regular thing. And, um, like what made it, 
you know, a lot worse is that I was in a relationship that um, it wasn't that I didn't want to be in it, but I, I knew that, that, uh, that there was something else right. out there. For, it just wasn't right. And, and the the girl, my ex, she, you know, she's a beautiful person. She, did, she There's nothing she did wrong. And that was one of the hardest reasons. And everyone everyone loves like her and, and, and rightfully so. So, But I, I just knew that there wasn't that. There was something wrong. Yeah. Is that a bit of the reason when you found out you're going to be a father, the, the Bender stuff kind of started? Or? Yeah, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, like I didn't want to break up with her while she was pregnant. And then like, it was, I was just, and I didn't even know why I wanted to break up with her. Like there yeah. was no reason. There was no, there's nothing that, um, there was nothing that she was doing or like, you know, I, I, I was, it was just me. I just thought it was me. And I was just like struggling to come to the terms with the facts that I was going to be a dad. Yeah. So I had that like kind of, um, that over my head but then one of my mates passed away so he, he used to train at the gym and you know we, we'd had like a few big nights together he became quite close and it was the first time like i really ha- ever had to deal with a death especially a friend and yeah. um and i didn't handle it very well so instead of you know talking about you know my problems and you know trying to trying to understand like what why i was feeling these way like i just started escaping yeah. even harder with benders now the the benders i was going on though they were from like from the friday all the way through to the sunday like i was i was really pushing the boundaries you know i was contradicting myself at work too so like you know i'm, pre- I'm preaching healthy lifestyle <laughs> and make sure that you're doing this you're doing that clean eating this and then oh, like you know i'm doing it from yeah, monday to source, friday yeah. and then on the weekends i'm on benders and stuff like that so it wasn't a very good look um yeah so for 10 weeks just pending right up until the the birth of my son jet and like even even on that night when he was born, like I was, I was so out of it from the bend of the the weekend before that, like I actually fell asleep straight after he was born. Like I didn't really enjoy that moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it kind of was. It it, it should have woken me up. I felt like that was like a kind of a rock bottom then. But um, as some people know, like you. Your rock bottom is, is just in the next lowest spot, the next lowest place, which I end up finding out later on. So, I um, Jet was born, and and you would think that like after that moment, I would have stopped. I didn't. Like it was probably two months, um, where I was going just as hard into yeah. into Jet's birth, uh, and we'll have a massive benders still, and I was using the excuse of like. Wetting the baby, I reckon I wet the baby's head about four hundred <laughs> times, um, and then. I um I actually broke up with him not that long after after Jet was born and I started seeing um Chloe who like you know I was madly in love with yeah. you know she she was the the girl that like I, I always wanted to be with and I started seeing her so two months after that um so two months after Jet's birth that that happened and I st- actually stopped drinking so I stopped drinking for, for twelve weeks and I like honestly I, I felt on top of the world yeah I, I was flying like other than now it was, it was the fittest it was at the time it was the fittest I've ever been. But um, it's funny because when once I, I took out the uh, alcohol and the cocaine, I had a new void to fill. And yeah, I was training. I was like, I was, I was overtraining because I was trying to fill yeah. that void. But I was also starting to gamble heaps more because I had a lot more money to play with now that I wasn't going was and bending. Well, no benders, no benders, and and then um. I was training so hard that I was getting really, really sore. Like I was doing like two hour session, two hour weight sessions, and going doing sprints and stuff like that. So I was getting super sore, and um, uh, I started having Valiums, and I had, I had, you know, I've had Endone, I've had Zennies, and I've had, uh, I didn't have Valium before that March, but like through injuries. So like I knew like what they did, and then I just got so addicted to them. Like there was like I, I was by the like the 
uh, I was sober for 12 weeks. By the end of that 12 weeks, like I was having some crazy amounts. And I've told like this this story on um, ICE's um, podcast as well. But like I'd finish this, my my sessions at night, and then I'd have the bottle of Zennies in my in my car. I'd have a bottle of Valiums in my car, and I'd have a packet of Endones, and I'd have two Zennies, two Valiums, and one Endone on the drive home. Yeah, bro. How then far I, the drive? Like, no, nah, not that far from. Oh, I was like, gonna say, like, we literally, it. like, where my uh, um my old gym was. It's just down the road from here, yeah. so about five hundred meters down. And then my my house is only about two k past. Just prepping yourself. Yeah, not far. Like, so I was like, all right, I got about fifteen minutes. Saying so, I was plenty of time. Um, I'd have it, and then I'd, I'd be eating dinner. Halfway through dinner, like my head's almost falling off. But like, you know, I'm. I'm if you, anyone out there's had Zennies, you know that if you can ride through that that period, you get on the, like a pretty big high, and it's a different high to a cocaine high. It's more of like a um, like your insides feel like velvet. Like it's like yeah, <laughs> you, you know when you're just about to fall asleep at night and everything's like relaxed. Yeah, it's just that's how you feel. So yeah, do that. Eat dinner, and then after dinner, I then have another two volumes of Zenny yeah. and maybe yeah. an endone just to um. And then again, and I'd just be sitting and trying to hold out, and then I'd, I'd I'd try and stay awake for as long as I can, which would normally be only be about half an hour. But that yeah. would, that that half an hour, I'd try and ride that high. I wake up in the morning feeling like fresh, fresh because I'd had like six, seven, eight hours sleep, but it was deep. Yeah. Like you Not know, moving. I was like I wake up and the TV would still be on and everything. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, and um. You know, and not that I thought it was normal, but I didn't think I was doing anything out of um, out of like it totally unusual as well. Because I knew a fair few blokes taking Valiums and Zennies and stuff like that. But you know, like everything I do, I kind of abuse it, good and bad. Like I, I, I I'm very addictive personality. So yeah, I, I got to that stage. So I, even though I hadn't been drinking, I started um, taking prescription drugs and yeah. also started um, gambling heaps more, like doing some crazy bets, like going into the pokies and. Like my thing was put five hundred bucks in the pokies before I even press straight up, straight up um, max hits and and like my like come up, my rule was like I'd only ever take it out if if I doubled my money. So if I put five hundred, you had to put thousand, pull a thousand out. But if I put another five hundred, I couldn't pull anything less than two thousand out. Hit miss. Yeah, yeah, heaps smart. <laughs> it went heaps well, guys. <laughs> no, it was horrific. Yeah, so I'll do that. Um, and then. Uh, played one round of footy and I, f- I killed it. it. Felt really strong. I was powerful. I was the biggest I've ever been. Probably the fastest I've ever been. I was heaps excited for the season. Um, played one round and then went and did some sprints with um, Roger Fabry. And um, I, I, I knew I shouldn't have because like I just played the day before. I hadn't played yeah. footy for six seven months or whatever it is. Right. And yeah, I should have just rested, done it. But because I was flying, like, and I needed to feel that. Like that energy that I had from from not drinking it was just like uh, progressing, isn't it? You're just feeling like, oh, man, I'm killing at this. I need to keep going. The addic- like the addiction stuff, I can get around too in terms of like training and I guess my big things like goal setting and wanting to get somewhere. Yeah, it's like you always feel like you're moving and you need to keep progressing. That, you can that, never really sit still. That was what it was like. It was like I had to keep busy, but I, I keep my mind occupied at all times. So I went and did a sprint session, and we got to the last one, and I, and I did take it a little bit, little bit easier. And then I remember him like oh saying, "We're doing ninety meter sprints or something up a hill," and it was like, "Say like you did eleven seconds, try and get under eleven seconds yeah. on this one." I was like, "Yeah, sweet, I'll." I'll put in put into fifth gear and have a crack here, and I did that. And I remember I got about thirty meters in. And I heard this whack. Emmy, I was like, what, what the fuck? What just slapped me on the back of the leg then? And then like I remember just going shit. I go no, because I've I'd done that Hemi f- three times oh, before dang. that. Was that the fourth? 
I don't know, I've done my, the, the same Hemi five times. And I did it and I was like, shit, like that's the worst it's ever felt because it felt real high and like I couldn't straighten my leg at all. Yeah. Whereas in the past, like I've done it and gone, oh, like that's not that bad. Like, you What's know, the recovery on that? For that one, it's 12 weeks, oh, eight to 12 shit. weeks, right? And that's if, like you, the, if you're doing anything right. Man, it feels like forever though, doesn't it? Oh, and I'm the worst with that stuff. Even now, if I got injured, I'd struggle really bad mentally. So yeah. that was um like I, one week... Um, one week later, I was like, oh, I don't have footy on the weekend, so I may as well just get back yeah, on the piece. And it was a real spare of the moment. It wasn't like I planned to go out or anything like that. I was at home and a few of the boys were having a beer. And I was like, oh, they're like, oh, why don't you just come have a few beers with us? I was like, oh, don't really feel like it. And I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'll, I'll go. And I'm going from the Friday through to the Sunday. You went all in. I went all in. And it was like, it was a nothing... It was like a nothing night. Like I didn't even, I couldn't even tell you what I actually did on on those three days. But yeah, so it was like my uh, my addictions. It's like I never left. I was just straight back into it. So man, I hit the ground running again. And th- and honestly, that's what the next four or five weeks was like. Just bang, one after str- bang one after another. Like I couldn't play footy anymore. I like then I made the issues. Oh, I can't train anymore because my hammy. Like there's. I could have got massive. It could have been like a carrot, got massive <laughs> up top and just let the, let the pin. Like, I'm pretty much like that anyway. But, yeah, like, I just used every excuse because, you know, I was craving getting back in that scene and I didn't know, I didn't know, like, 50%. Like, I only know go all the way, 100%. Yeah. So, I went I went hard again. Um, and then about, yeah, about five, six weeks after that, I found out my, um, my grandma was going to pass away. And, and the reason why I was so sad is because she could have got an operation to... Um, to I've actually never said this before. She could have got a, an operation to to save her life, but she yeah. ch- she chose, chose not, not to, to. because like you know her, she wasn't with um her or my grandpa. They, they they split up when she was like forty or fifty, so she never got remarried or anything yeah. like that. So yeah, that was really sad. And I, again, I just I don't know what it was. I just couldn't handle death very well. And that two weeks that she was um that that week she had to live, like was one of the one of the worst two weeks of my life because like I was getting bent during the week um I was just I was really reckless um like and I just didn't care anymore like and I actually the 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 worst part is I actually went on a midweek bend now like just by myself we just got home started racking up and bent bend it all the way through the next day and like i was i felt super guilty because obviously the day before i didn't go and see see my um yeah. grandma i called my pawpaw by the way so i went and see didn't see my pawpaw so i went i drove in off my head yeah off my head and um parked walked in i remember thinking this is this is bad this is bad but then the other side is like you've got to see going to see her you've got to go see her like you don't know how many more days she's yeah. got like so this could be real. like a did she have like a set time or what was yeah, it, it, I remember it was like two to four weeks, and and she she only lasted two weeks, and um, it was a liver. So yeah, I went in there, and thank God when I went in, because no one else was there. I got I, I messaged my my sisters and that, and they went there. So I was like, all right, I can go in there, and I went in there, and thank God she was asleep, so she didn't see me like that. And um, I remember walking out after, and I, I ran into to um my ex. She was walking in to go see, and she was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Nothing." I just put my head down, and walked out. But yeah, that was like a you know crossing a serious moral boundary yeah. there there's something that you know i never want like my parents to see me off my head let alone my grandma and um you know i kept this it all pretty under well under wraps and now just that was like a real bad moment for me so i um 
I after after a funeral, I got to speak at a funeral. Um, that was a really big moment for me because it was like me kind of almost saying sorry for for what I was doing. So I was like, you know, speaking for on behalf like an outlet. Yeah, I just, I just felt like like I I need to do that for for her. I need to do it for me, and I need to do it. like I spoke for all the grand all the grandkids, yeah. and I think it was like I think she's got twelve or fifteen or something like that. Just a fair few of us. So I got to I, you know I got that privilege, and um, you know I try to stay off stay off the drink for a little bit longer as well. But it was just like in and out, in and out of like of that phase. Yeah. Um, and. I, I got I got probably like two two months like sober then like I'd have a bender and then like I'd one month and like I'd like it just kind of dribbled dribbled like that but then towards the back end of that year so that was two th- this is we're coming towards the back end of 2015 and um I went on a on an Oz tag tour um and if anyone that doesn't know me like I'm I'm one of the boys like I love the boys yep. I, like yeah I'm a full boys boy Man, like, it's hard not to be especially yeah. when um like you know, people I think like you and me like high energy you kind mm. of feel like a leader and you feel like you're sort of the boys are expecting you to lead them especially off the 100%, field yeah yeah so like I, I just love being around the boys like it's like it's a weird feeling eh? like yeah. when you leave sport after you play team sports it's like that's the thing that you miss you don't miss the contact you don't miss the sport you, miss you don't miss the, the sport nah, I, miss I love camaraderie, I, I love footy but not the sport no, like if it, yeah, and everyone that plays footy understands that but like I, I like I I really um I put the the boys up on a high pedestal and a pedestal and I, and I love that like they respected me and stuff for that the way I played on the field and like you know when like we were, we were a really good team and we went up and um on the Friday it was a tournament Friday to Sunday we went up there and on um on the Friday we had a few beers and I just could like like I said before it was, it was zero or a hundred for me so yeah. we'd have a few beers and like I'm like three or four beers in I'm like let's go let's start let's get the get on the bags now got on the bags on the Friday night. Didn't stop. All the boys stopped at like three. I couldn't stop. All got to like through. all the way through. Everyone knew that I was still bending. Got on the bus, went to go play. Played half the game. Bent. Like I even had Zennies too, and I still couldn't sleep. Um, and then and then pulled the pin half time and said, "Look, boys, I like and I let the boys now. Went home, yeah. slept the whole day. They had to play four games, and you know, and I and I felt like I was a, a big part of that team, and I just just let them down. And that that game, that's that crossing that moral boundaries. Those things that like I. I prided myself on so much and then um and yeah like I wore it all, all weekend I just I don't know just was like what are you doing and the boys gave it to me all weekend and then two weeks later we had a a, a, t- a comp for the Aussie Barbarians and I was um again went up on the Friday night and we and we played against New Zealand and, and I played really well and I was pumped and you know I was like oh, I'm gonna have a mad mad tournament this like it's gonna be good fun like a new group of blokes you know and again respected them all like yeah. created really good bonds like and and the, and the boys out of that barbarians seems like if they're listening that they, they know who they are like I'm I'm like I'm good friends with all those boys now but um yeah got carried away again we went out had a few one of the boys it was one of the boys birthdays and we end up um just having, going out again on the piss and straight away I was like let's get bags yeah. Got on the bags and um, didn't stop. Didn't stop again. Yeah. But this time I didn't even bother trying to turn up to the, the game. I actually, we're, we're up at the Sunshine Coast, right? And I called my missus. I called Claire. I said, look, get me a flight out of here. I need to come home. And she's like, what's happening? I go, I've done it again. I'm still on the, on the bags. and I'm not, But I, but I can't show my face. Like, I'm not going to go there again. It's just a bit of you not want to let the boys down. Yeah, just but like, I just, like, I can't face them. Like, I just, I can't. I just need to get out of here. So I, I, I called a, f- a flight home. Let the like left the boys a man short for the rest of the weekend, and it was just like, mate. And, and 
I kept going on the like so I slept on the plane. As soon as I got off the plane, called one of my mates, got back on it, and went all day. Bender still, still bended, still bended to the Sunday night. Kept going. I was thinking about flying back up just to meet the boys, oh. but that yeah, I like it was yeah. So two 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 times in a row did something that like you know like I said like I love the boys, let the boys down twice in a row, um and like all this, and I'm trying to run a business this whole time, this whole man. time. And like I, I, I'm just continuing letting everyone down. Um, but like I'm acting like I'm killing it still. So it it, it comes to the end of 2016, and my business partner, then the one I was playing for with, um, footy with, like he said, "Oh, look, I'm moving back down home, and I'm starting up a business down there with my missus." You know, so um, I'm I'm finishing up here. I'm like, "Yeah, sweet, no worries." And we had, I had a couple, um, a couple trainers working for us at the time, and they were like, "Oh, what are you gonna do?" I was like, oh, "I was looking at a few factories and stuff like that," but you know, they they, they couldn't trust me either. So, I've lost the lease of my factory. Like, I just expired. Do you know? Or? I don't. To be honest, I don't know what happened there because I think they wanted more rent. But if you drive past there now, there's still no one in it. So it's I don't know whether whether it's stuffed up or. But it, I, everything that happened to me happened for a reason, right? Yeah. So that happened. Um, lost lost that that lease. I lost the lost the business uh, partner. And then um, when I was trying to look for a new factory, so I had no factory. I had like a business name and stuff like that. But I, you know, didn't I have a place to be. No one, nowhere to be. And and honestly, no one respected me because I was, um, you know, practicing pre- preaching healthy lifestyle and. And and doing doing all the good things in life. I'm going out and doing all the bad things in life. And then and Shire is a small place, so everyone picked up on that one pretty quickly. So yeah, so 2016 starts, and you know I've got no job. I, me and Chloe actually broke up as well. So like no all girlfriend, all coming in at once. But the the two boys that were working for me, they actually went to the same factory, the one I looked at, and they actually put in a high end offer, and they got the place. And they actually end up, um, you know, speaking to a lot of my clients. And my whole gym that was with me to start with went over and went to them, right? And, and it was funny because, like, everyone here's like, were you filthy? And, like, you would have been that angry. And you know what? I wasn't. Yeah. Was it just, like, relieved? No, I was like, fuck, I, probably, I deserve it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I just, how can I look back on what I've done? And then, like, actually, no, to be honest, like, I would have been filthy at the start. But like, it was, like, that, that initial, like, that anger there. But then, like, I kind of... I knew deep down, like uh, that, I was, I was the reason. Yeah. Like uh, there's, there's nothing that I can sit here and say and can write what I've done. So, um, I, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna get sober and then I'm gonna start this new business. Um, I'll call it Keep It Young again. Found a factory and and it was, it was pretty small. Like I'll take you through the the rooms in a second and it's literally the same size as one of the rooms in here. And um, yeah, it was, it was. Okay, and I'm getting a factory. It was behind. It was up a driveway behind a seafood factory and above. Yeah, it stunk. And it was above a um a trailer building company. And that dude was a legend. He was the um the landlord there. So love that guy. He, he let he let me he let me get away with heaps down there. Um yeah, it's the worst spot ever. The worst. But you know, I was just I was like, shit, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything at this stage. So I got in, I stayed off the piss for two two months and yeah. I was like, all right, and but I was struggling, man. I couldn't get anyone to come train with me. Like, I couldn't even get people to come train with me for free, yeah. let alone pay. And uh, we went on another Oztag tournament. And I'd been sober. And then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, have, I'll get on the piss with the boys. The Friday night rolled around, right? 
started jingling the boys, like, oh, being good, being good, being good. And then like, it was about 11 o'clock at night, everyone started going to bed. I was like, fuck, I'll just have one line. Had one line, right? Nah, luckily it was shit coke. So I, did, like, I was like, oh, that did nothing. So I went to sleep. But I would have done it three times in a row if the if the rack had been any good. How did you feel the next morning when you woke up? Relieved. Like, R- relieved. Sweet. Oh yeah, I was. Oh, compared to compared to how I felt in the past, like you know, I had four or five hours sleep. Or yeah. in the past, I was I was having like two two hours, if any. You know, what I mean, so I felt sweet, but like I was relieved that I got through the night. Like honestly, like weight taken off your shoulders. Yeah, it was like I, I almost felt like that was a sense of achieve, achievement, yeah. but but really it wasn't because I, I went to have a line and it was shit. So. Um, got through that tournament and then had a belt on, on the on the Sunday as you do for those tournaments and then again the next weekend rolled around had a bender the next weekend rolled around had a bender and like I was just in a bad way like no one wanted to train with me like I was feeling sorry for myself I was a victim you know oh this shouldn't have happened to me blah 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 not looking at myself just pointing point the Point fingers, fingers at yeah. everyone else and um. Yeah, obviously the only only person I need to be po- pointing the finger at was the person in the mirror, but I didn't see that. And then I got a um an email. So I had a form. We had an investor come in for a short amount of time in Keep Young, and he ended up leaving um on bad terms, and we had to pay him out. And then he sent us sent us an email saying that we owed another eight grand. I'm like, I don't have eight grand. Like yeah. I don't have anything. Like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I like everything I did back then. Rather than trying to solve the problem, I, I just escaped. So this is where I combined all my addictions into the into the bender of all benders, and um, I went and met a mate at the leagues club just down the road from here, and like it was like start off with just a few beers and a punt, and then um, the next thing you know, I went end up going four days, majority of it by myself, four days gambled like eight to ten grand or something like that, Damn. and yeah, well like I won one night just and lost it all. Through. Um, and then like I went through 17 bags, um, over the course and like, but this is, this was like no other, no other band. Like I didn't give a shit anymore. You just like done, like what was the mindset? mindset numb. Just done. Just numb. Just, it couldn't, I didn't feel high. Yeah. I just didn't want to feel just an escape. anything. Like, so if, if anyone is a gambling addict out there, they know what I'm talking about. When you're sitting in front of a poker machine, it's like nothing else matters. You just become, it's like it's the, in. yeah, that, 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 that poker machine almost puts four walls around you as well. Like you just become like, that's just, you, you, you just know it's, it's a, a different high. You're like, you're chasing that win high. But like, it's for me, the sad part was it wasn't even about winning. Like I didn't really give a shit. Like money I don't really care too much about money, so it never really excited me that much. Like, of course, it gets you excited, but like, it wasn't my driver. The driver was to just, just feel to that, just feel numb. Yeah. So, yeah. So four days, like in and out of um, different leagues, clubs, and then obviously um, got to like the fourth, the fourth nine, and I just crashed and and fell fell asleep, and I slept. I was asleep. my parents were away. I was living at home, and, and I was. I was asleep and it got to like two o'clock in the arbor and my mum was waking me up and I was, first of all, I was shocked that she was there because I knew that she was away. But she knew someone was up, like mother's in- intuition, like yeah. she just knew someone was up. She's like, travel, what's going on? And I'm like, like and I'm frazzled, man, four days out of it. I'm coming to, like my mum's like above me shaking me. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, what's good? What's, what's the problem? Like, what? I know that there's something up. Like, you, you need to talk to me. I'm like, oh, mum. Like, and the first thing I think it was that, that I had a gambling issue. Yeah, she's like bullshit. My mum's like this little Chinese lady. I was like, I never heard a swore before. I was like, whoa, that's heavy. So she, you know, she she goes out and I'm like, I'm trying to argue back at her, argue back at her, and then I just went, oh, you know what, fuck it, like I'm out. And I grab my keys, and um, 
and I headed out to Cornell, which is just down here. Head out to Cornell, and I didn't really know what I was doing. But like you know, I, at that time I was I was just over it, man. I didn't want to I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to um, I didn't want any more of the problems. I didn't want to cause anyone more problems. I thought that I was more of a burden than I was yeah. anything, you know. Like even for um for my son, so like you know, Jet was like, I don't know what he would have been. So he would have been not year and six months. Around there, so you know, it's a, like a really short time frame for yeah. you to go through. Like, mate, so much hectic stuff to go on. Well, that that was my thing. Like, it all happened really, really quickly. It wasn't like, it's like I, dominoes. Yeah, like. I, I wasn't um, like a drug addict for a long time. Like, like I, I think I depends how you look at it. Like, I started when I was twenty one, but I don't really think I took it consistently till I was like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, um, definitely a gambling addict from eighteen. Definitely hundred percent prescription drugs again. Like had it here and there when I had injuries, but it wasn't until I was 24, 25. But yeah, this is like, I want to end my life. And I drove out, out there to, to, to do that. And um, I wrote, even wrote, I wrote Jet, like a goodbye letter. I found a, a six pack of beer, car, um, cardboard, um, cut out and just sat there. Just and I, I wrote, I wrote on that. And yeah, that, that, that letter to Jet sat in my car for like two months. Like I left it there just to kind After of remind fact. me. Yeah. Do you like, reckon writing it down, like, because it sounds like the big thing and it's like it's a massive amongst us anyway with men. It's like we just don't talk about our shit. Like is that what kind of release when you read it down, you reckon? Oh, I don't know. Honestly, I can't I can't even tell you what I was thinking at that, at that time or why why I wanted to write a letter. Like maybe it was like me trying to, you know, release like these things that I, I was I was feeling like because I just, I just felt like such a failure at that time yeah. to, to everyone. And I don't know, like it just, it all came too much. I, I'll be honest, like I never had those thoughts before. I never like, you know, went and um, certainly never went thought of action in it any, yeah. anyway. And yeah, like I went out to the, the cliffs out there and I was just sitting there and like that was what I was going to do. I was just, just going to drive the car straight off and um, sat there for about half an hour and like I blocked everyone on my phone. I, honestly, I don't know how I didn't block. And uh, like I said, I was still broken up with Chloe. And Chloe got onto me. I thought I would have blocked her, but obviously I didn't. She got on to me and, um, yeah, she kind of talked me out of, like, with the position I, I was in. I don't think she realised how severe it was at the time. I knew my family was super worried. Um, and, yeah, obviously didn't didn't commit suicide. And then um, that was a Friday and went I went and slept to close that night and, like, we, 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 was, we were talking a little bit. And then I remember walking in my house on Saturday mid-morning and my mum was out the front, like, already there. And she walked up to me and she's like, oh... Um, Grayson told me Grayson was my is my best mate, and he's like Grayson told me what um what's going on with uh, the drugs and everything. Do you want to go to rehab? And I, I like I didn't even like it wasn't even like a, yeah uh, maybe it was like a just yeah let's go. Where am I going? She goes Thailand. I was like shit. <laughs> like what month was it? Was it hot? Um, it we all went in March, so. Or was it? Was it? Just, it was just before April. Sorry. No, it was March. It was March. It was March because my day's March twenty sixth is my is my day. My first day sober. Right. So it was March twenty March twenty sixth. This is the day. It's just like, all right, you go next week, first of April, something like that. And I was like, uh, okay, it's quick. You, you normally go straight away, but it was because yeah. it was a Saturday. I had to wait a few days. Um, yeah, flew in, flew into Thailand, um, and it's not just Thailand like you think. Yeah, Thailand thing, Phuket, oh, dudes, beaches, be- beaches, and like you know, fun. Nah, I was so you fly into Phuket, then you got to fly another forty five minutes inland, so you couldn't even see water from where I was. Yeah. And um, yeah, traveling. I remember there was a dude there coming to pick me up, some bald headed dude, had an Irish accent, 
talking to me in the car. So I was with my mum. She flew over for me, but then when we got there, she, 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 has, to she, has, she has to go find her own place and I had to go with him. And I'm driving with him and like the roads are shit and it's like third world country and like the further we get along, the worse it gets, the worse it gets, the worse it gets. And then we drive, we turn up this road. I'm like, holy shit, where are we going? And then like, oh, I thought that was bad because you couldn't even, there's no street lights, nothing. And then we turn another street and it was dirt track. I'm like, what are we going to? And we're pretty much up in a mountain. And we got there and it was it was super nerve-wracking um, experience like walking in there. But me like being a pretty confident dude and, and coming from um, like a real social background, playing yeah. a lot of team sports. I was like, I, could, I can mask it like, pretty yeah, well. You know how to put it on, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had, a, I had a, by that time, that was the most draining thing um, of my whole addiction was constantly putting on the mask because like I'm a genuinely happy dude. Like what you see now is what who I am, but yeah. I was pretending to be that person. And then it was, we walked in, it was a Friday night when we got in there and um, and I met a few of the people, one of the dudes I still talk to now, we, we instantly got along because he was a para supporter. Yep. And, um, yeah, and yeah, I know, and, and, and I grew up with Brad Takarangi, so yeah. I just, you know, dropped his name and, oh yeah, it was made for him, so, so then uh, me and him were cool, so um, the next day, oh, it was a perfect perfect timing for me that we went we went and trained straight away and then that was something that i never no matter how bad my drug problems got i could always train i was always had that kind of ability to train as hard as anyone else in the room um again kind of that like that natural talent that i had from a kid like i could just tell me to do something i'll I'll be able to do it so we got to do that and like straight away like that makes me feel comfortable because we we did like a three course thing and it was like a circuit any outdoor thing and then a team thing and, you know, all those things, like, out of all three of them, no one else completed all three. Like, I did all three and I did yeah. them all hard. Like, that's that was how I was. Again, zero to 100. Zero or 100, sorry. So, yeah, the straight away I felt comfortable with the group because I was able to, to kind of, like, assert Take my... Take yourself as a leader, yeah? Yeah, just asserted my dominance with the, with the training. <laughs> I think that... dog on campus. Yeah, I was through. straight in, just straight in doing, went hard. And, um, yeah, I think I kind of got their respect from, from that way. I... I couldn't tell you if I actually did, but I felt like I did anyway. Yeah. And then the Sunday we went to excursion. Monday we had our first first day. And this is where I think um, the first day is where I um like I really started making huge progress. So you sit down, you know, when you see in um movies and they sit down, they go, "Hi, my name is Travis, and I, I'm a drug addict." And he goes, "Hi, Travis." Yeah. Same thing, man. That's real. It actually happens. So that I sat down, they did that, but they, instead they do one more thing that they didn't mention. They always say how you feel. So it was like you know, everyone go around the room and like, oh, I'm sad or I'm sad and ex- uh, I'm sad and anxious. But I was always um, nervous but excited. Yeah. Because I was always nervous about what was about to take place. But I was excited that I was um I, was, I felt like I was getting better. That was my answer anyway for that day. And straight away, so it's an open forum and um, the kid next to me, um, he started telling his story. And this was an unbelievable story. Like I'm sitting there going, holy shit, you've done a lot in life. And his drug addiction, or his drug taking, sorry, started from when he was like 13. Yeah, right. And he was, I think he was two years younger than me. And he's just, you know, went on for about 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, holy shit. It's a heavy story. Finished. And then I looked around the room and no one said anything. I was like, oh, okay. So that's what you do. You go, you, you tell your story here. So I was like, all right, sweetheart. All right, guys. So I just came in. My name's Travis. I'll, I'll tell you my story. And I told my story, bro. And like, there was things I was saying that I have had never, ever, ever even like kind of given it more than three seconds thought in my mind. But yeah. I was, I knew that they were there and I was telling everyone, told them about, you know, when and see my, 
I pop all when I was when I was off my head. You know, then I was talking about like the feelings I was having. Then I was talking about the drugs I was taking more on my own. Like these are things that like no one, no one, no one knew. knew. 16 strangers in a room from all walks of life and I just banged, I was in tears, man. From I reckon I got like two minutes in, I was like, I love my mum and dad and then boom, it's tears. Hadn't cried in a long, not cried like that this in a long time and I told my whole story. When I finished telling my story, everyone clapped and I was like, oh, that was hectic. Like, and I felt really good. Like, yeah. I felt like a lot of weight was off I my shirt. Like the weird thing to think of is group of strangers, you got heaps of best mates around. And you can't see. You just it. can't. Like, it's a weird feeling to think that. Um, I still have conversations now with mates, and like, and like, I'll ask them, and like, no, I'm sweet. And like, I know yeah, it's like, a dude thing, eh? I called yeah. one of my best mates the other week, and I was like, oh, what's going on? He's like, I'm not, I'm just busy with work. And I was like, oh, how are you feeling? So, yeah, I'm sweet. And I was like, oh, see you later. Like, hang out, like, mate, with two minute convos. See ya. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's like, for me too, like one, I've got a really good gut instinct with these things, but man, I know, like I know when people are going through things because I've yeah. gone through it myself. I see through the bullshit. Like I see through it and I, I don't know, I have conversations. And we, even like people talking to me about the same things I've been through, they won't, they won't open up. The only way, like the, the best way for me when I want to, you know, help someone is that I just, I tell them my story. And then once you tell someone your relatable, story, yeah. it becomes relatable. And when you become vulnerable, it makes them feel more comfortable. Yeah. So that, that that's maybe a little bit of advice. If anyone's struggling out there, you tell your story if you're feeling vulnerable and then, then, then people can relate back off that. So yeah, I told my story and um, yeah, like, like I said, a lot of the things I'd said, I'd never even given three, four seconds more thought in my mind, but yeah, told everything. Everyone clapped. I was like, oh, that was like, it was a strange reaction because I, this guy didn't get clapped. But I found out later the when I went to my counselling meeting that, that that so you do you do um, group two two group um, oh, what they call process groups and focus groups you do two of them a day and then you, at night you would do a, a counsellor session like once every one on one yeah I think it was once a week or maybe twice a week but yeah I had my one that night and he's like oh you did really well today I'm like yeah you know it was good to, to share that like he's like what we do every time he goes no like you you did that without being asked i said oh did you have to get normally asked he goes yeah that guy he's been here for three weeks oh shit (laughs) it was your first day it was my first day and i and because like that was kind of me like i'm a pretty outgoing guy and i i kind of go go at things pretty hard like i said so i did that and then he's like i i i I now challenge you every single week to get things done i'm like oh he goes normally that is like your week three challenge he goes i'm gonna have to find some other stuff for you to do and man it got heavy like he got me to read out um pretty sure it was my first week it might it might might have been my second week um it got me to read a letter from my mum and dad or they wrote one to you they wrote me one it's like saying like like how i made them feel it's a big thing with drug addicts gambling addicts alcoholics we don't see the carnage we're causing around us. Yeah. We only, like, I only, I thought that I was the only person that was, I was hurting. Getting damaged by it. Man, it's, it's, it was absolutely gut wrenching to read these things that my mum was saying. I love, I'm a massive mummy's boy, like, massive. And she was saying, like, you know, like I was, I was a, a bad son and that she, you know, felt, always felt uncomfortable around me and like I was aggressive yeah. sometimes and things like that. Like, no, 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 never abusive. I'm never physically aggressive, but like I was a, yeah, like a very Arguments, like, all, that sort of stuff. all the time, um, walking on eggshells around me. My dad was like the same and, and like me and dad had heaps of run-ins and stuff like that and it was just, it was, it was a, it was a massive eye opener. Like I cried the whole way through. Like oh, the worst part was when my mum was like, "Oh, 
you, you know, you think you're a good dad, but you're not. And I was like... I was just going to say, like, did you ever think, like, reading that letter, like, what, in your headspace being a father, what you would feel like if that was your son? Oh, man. I, I've never thought of that. It's, I've never, it's like, I think once you become a dad, it's just like, if well, they're going through it for you, you yeah. think, like, sure. I don't think I felt like a dad did then. Like, yeah. I, like, I love, like, don't get me wrong, I love my son more than any, but, like, I, I just, it just really didn't hit him now. Every time I hear a sad story and there's like a kid involved, forget about <laughs> Tear it. Up, Tearing See up every time. <laughs> so yeah, I read that and it was it was gut wrenching. Every week, you know, I had to he challenged me with things like that. It was it was really hard. And um, the last thing he wanted me to do was before we left, we go and do um, you go and do a process group um, like the meetings, like you know the the. Those things I was talking about before, the NA meetings when yeah. you go and sit down. Open form. Yeah, but this one was like a big one, like it was a public one. So I'd got comfortable with the 16 here, so I could tell them whatever oh, I wanted. Oh, well, they segmented into like little groups. Like, so we were, I was in my group, uh, sorry, I was in my rehab centre, but then you go into an actual public meeting, like oh, yeah. you go out to one, and there was like 60 people in this room and yeah. um, from all walks of life. And this is... This is what you see in the movies. Like, there's that kind of guy that's tatted up, scratching his yeah. neck and shit like that. And there's like the there's like the guy that's like got the face that looks like his skeleton, and you know, like the crazy looking girl in the corner. Like, it was just really uncomfortable place to be. Place smelled like piss. Like, it was gross. So yeah, my challenge was to speak at that, and I wrote a um a goodbye letter to my addictions the first week, first week of theirs, and um. Yeah, I loved it, and I got up and I spoke and I did that, and again got clapped at the end of that. Yeah, it's because that was my like my, my that the day I did that was my thirty days sober as well. So then I got to come home um, a couple of days later, and and the the hardest thing about going to rehab is that when you're in rehab, yeah, you're dealing with all your personal shit and you, and you work through it and you feel like you kill it, but oh, I felt like I killed it by the time I came home. You come home. All your problems, all your issues have just been there waiting for you to, yeah. to resolve. Safety so, walls are gone. Yeah, safety walls are gone. So um, the first month was super hard. And, and for me, I don't know whether I'm different or whether um, my mindset was different to a lot of other other recovering addicts. But, like, I never struggled with, like, um, not, like, um, like getting back on it or anything yeah. like that. It was never never a thought process for me. I think that's one of my... Um, my biggest strengths is like, you know, I always back myself and there's no real plan B. Like with business, like I just went in, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this work. I don't, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I never have a plan B. Like, it's yeah. just like, this is it. This is what's going to happen. So I never really struggled with that. But what I struggled with was, was missing, missing like um, the social life and things like that. And, and really struggled with um, just not having that camaraderie. Cause we can't use hand in hand with footy, like, yeah, you know, drinking and alcohol and stuff. I'm drinking and taking drugs and stuff. So I actually started playing footy and, and it was really hard. Like, because like I, I, I didn't tell anyone what I'd gone through. So yeah. no one knew. And I was playing footy and I was just leaving straight after the game. Like, and boys asking why you're not coming. For yeah. And no, I was big on that. Like I was like, our beers and boys, like that's yeah. our bonding session and stuff like that. And, it was tough because I, I wasn't telling anyone what was going on, but like um, I just put my head down, bum up when it came to work. I changed the business name, so KB Young was now you know died, and then I, I started a gym called Reborn. Very it's fitting. Very fitting. So um, I um announced it on my birthday, so July the, July the ninth, um, which is a couple months after I've been home. So yeah. I just been getting everything ready, got the logo, um, got some got some shirts and stuff done. So I was launch it at a at a really good time. And um, the boys that I was playing with at the time, they ended up coming in and having a session at, at the gym. And, like, that was 
first time in a very, very, very long time where I felt back at home. Like I had a big group class. Yeah. And I was flying. Like I, was, I only had like three or four PTs and I had a few like little small groups. But then I got my big class, which I was doing to keep young. And I was like, this is what yeah. I want to do. This is what I need to get back to this. So that was like the real big uh, rocket up the ass where I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Um, and I just put my head down, bum up. And I was working towards a, an eight-week challenge. And two of the boys that I was playing footy with at the time was like, do you guys want to come on and be PTs with me? They're like, yeah, sweet. Oh, my God. Our goal is to get 30 people on, on this, this eight-week challenge. So I did that, did some really good promo stuff for it. And, um, you know, we ended up getting 60. So we got double, double. the amount. And then um, we did it. We did that eight-week challenge and we did really, really well. And, and it was because I wasn't focused on, like, it, it's great to get, you know, the six-pack, the big arms and stuff yeah. like that. But Reborn is all about, you know, training for the mental benefits and, and you know, what what training can do for you, not only physically, but, you know, how it makes you feel, you know, how how, how much better it makes you, you know, at your work, how much better it makes you sleep, all those other things that I are... Mean, it's a bit of like an escape. Like when I train, for example, it doesn't matter what's going on, doesn't matter how hectic work is, how hectic home life is. you got that hour, hour and a half, and it's just mm. like there's nothing else there. Yeah. But it's, it's obviously a healthy escape rather than a... Exactly. One, exactly, and that's what we got taught in rehab is you got to replace your yeah, unhealthy habits with healthy habits, and same with the, the environment. You know what I mean? Um, so we 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 started that one. We did a week change with sixty. Then I had another four week change. I think it was like two or three weeks after. Like I didn't weigh too close, but we ended up jagging an eighty on the next one, right? Good. Yeah, so it was really good. Now. To put that in perspective, at Keep Young, the best we ever got to was 110 active members. Yeah. I got to 110 in six months. Okay. Yeah, so um, I'd only been at um, that place for eight months. Uh, no, nine months, sorry. But I'd only been trading as, as Reborn yeah. for, for six, maybe not even, actually it wouldn't even been six months. And I got to 110. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start looking for factories, right? And that was the, the, the square meter, just 120. I started looking at things like 300, 250, 300. This one came out, I was 450. I was like, go big or go home. Okay, do it. <laughs> like everything, man, I just back myself. It's a, it's a strength and it's, it served me well uh, for many things. It's, you know, let me down here and there. But yeah. most most of the time, me backing myself goes well. So, yeah, started that. Um, started Reborn here. And then we, so we had 110. We needed 200 members to, to, to clear even. And we got that in the first month. So we've been running over two, 200. 50 members ever since crazy. so yeah it's been it's been a hell of a ride we've been here like i was saying you just before we started the podcast we've been in this factory now for two years 10 months um and we're just about to do our last challenge of 2019 um i've had another boy in that time as well so now i've got jet and i've got ace rocket um i'm engaged to um my fiance chloe um, and obviously the big one, I'm, I'm sober. I haven't touched a drug, haven't touched any alcohol. I haven't put a dollar towards any gambling. So three years, I'll be three years, six months in uh, September 26. So what are we, how far away? 13 Wait, days far. from t- three years and six months sober. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is like, I don't, I didn't, I don't know anyone that, um, I went to rehab in Thailand or, um, met in our outpatient. So when you come back from rehab, you got to do three three months. Sorry, three months outpatient. I don't know one of them that's still sober. Oh really? I went back in. Yeah, I had one guy. Went. He's gone in three. He's gone back to rehab three times. Which what do you is, think the thing is for you? Just like you just zeroed in on zeroed in on the gym, zeroed in on family. Like, what's the difference? Um, I think for me, like, I really hit hit a place where 
I believed I was I wasn't being the person I wanted to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, d- I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want to let down. Like it, it was it was a combination of um, like, you know, reading the letter from like my mom and like what I what I felt as a person. Like I said to you before, I, I am this person. Like yeah. this is me. I was being. I felt like I was being someone else. And I, there was, there's so many things that I want to achieve in life. And if I want to achieve these things in life, I can't be a drug addict. You know what I mean? Like, takes I, a lot of, it takes up a lot of your time. Moral compass. Yeah, exactly. And like, I was just, I just was not being the person I wanted to be. There was, there was just moments in in that time. Like I was telling the boys this morning about this story about a guy said to me once. Um, I was, I owed him money and I was dribbling on about some shit, like we're pissed and I was like, oh, I'm going to pay you back this and then I'm going to do this and then me and you can do this together and then then I'll make you this much money, blah, blah, blah. And he just looked at me, he goes, you know everyone thinks you talk shit. And I remember thinking, nah, like, and I dribbled my way out of it. But that that conversation has stuck with me because I'm like, that's the person I never want to be. I yeah. never want to be that guy that talks shit. My word's my word. You know what I mean? Like, now that's what I like. I live by now. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'll do it. Like, if I say, oh, this is my goal, this Lock is it in and get through it. I'll, I'll, I'll get it done. You know what I mean? And I know I I thought I was that person until like that conversation, and it didn't really hit me until. You know, about th- two, three weeks later, when I went on the Ben yeah. of all Ben, I was like, I'm not the person that I, I want to be. So that was the big thing that I think that's different for me. I, I really, truly, truly didn't want to be that person um, anymore. And I didn't want to let the people around me down. And and obviously, I wanted to be a good dad to Jet at the time. And, and now I've got, Ace, I got a little AC rocket, my little Tasmanian devil. <laughs> two um, boys, bro. How do you go with that? I've got uh, three. My unlucky boy's in the middle. I've got two girls either side of him. So Really? Yeah, so he's... Um, Mate locks himself in his room a couple of times and just does his Lego. He'll or whatever, clean up when he's older, though. <laughs> no, mate, I'm he's, worried about it, eh? He's going to clean up later. So. Um, how do I go with the two boys? Uh, they're totally opposite. So, yeah. like, Jet's really calm and, like, he's a really, um, he's a cute kid. Like, he's very sensitive and he's very, like, emotionally intelligent. And Ace is just one of the yeah. boys. He just wants to tackle things and wrestle things. And, like, I don't know. He just. You just got to go, you put your different hats on for both yeah. of them. Yeah. So yeah. how do you get through, like, when you think about you now, you've obviously gone through your fair whack of hardship, come through the other side, successful businessman, father of two, like, how do you balance it all? Yeah, this is, the, honestly, this is still a struggle today. It's not, I don't think that I um I have the perfect answer because, like I was saying to you before, when, you, when you're at home and you're with the family, this, this okay, this is the, how I felt at the start of the year, especially. Like, when I was at home and I was with the kids, like, I was kind of, like, half thinking about work and I felt like, you know, when I was at home, I was I was letting my work down. But then when I was at work and I was spending too much hours here, I felt like I was letting my Guilty family conscious. down. 100%. So, it was, I found it really, really hard, like, especially when, you know, Ace is starting to get older and I only get to see Jet 50% of the time as yeah. it is. So, when, when I'm with him like i want to give him my all and stuff like that but then like i'm getting pulled in other directions so um probably about six months ago i made a, a a real conscious effort so i changed things up it was like when i'm at work i'm at work yeah. that's that's what matters but like when i go home i'm, I'm with my kids present yeah, i'm present uh, i'm you know i'm i'm trying to help the missus out as much as yeah. possible that you know she'll be probably laughing at this at the moment going you do nothing oh, yeah, i think all of our missus do that to be honest so. yeah i um but yeah i just try and be a lot more present like um and it, it it's a constant juggle like i don't think like he, oh, i've never got to that perfect balance where i'm like all right this is this is where i want to be some weeks i spend too yeah. much time like i feel like i spend yeah, too I don't much think there work. is one to be honest no uh, well, like we were saying like 
you're trying to provide for your family yeah. and you're trying to do the best you can for your family, then if the more you do that... It takes you away from the other side. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a constant juggle, but I think that just when, when I'm with my kids, like, I'd, I'd just be present. Like, I'd, I'd even put my phone away sometimes, like, if work's going off, like, especially... I, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb from, like, 7.30 onwards because yeah. anything that happens after that can, can wait to the next day anyway. Yeah, and so just make sure that, like, my... my Focus is is on at home around those times as well. Just yeah, it's just being about more present when you're with when you're doing whatever it is. Even with work, like I, I was at home at work sometimes. I'd be thinking about shit like, what's my kids? Just doing scattered, here? not planned. Yeah, so like I just just made that that conscious decision: be your best person at work, be the best you know leader you can be, and then when you get home, be the best dad you can be. Yeah, cool, mate. Hectic story to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> been through in a short short time frame too. So. Yeah, um, it was all about two years. It's crazy, but congratulations on the. What are we? Two, two years? No, three, yeah, three years, years, six months. Three years, six months in thirteen days. Crazy, bro. Yeah, that's hectic. Um, where can everyone find you? Like, obviously, you got a pretty slick setup here. We'll go through it a bit later. But I was walking in and it was just pumping downstairs. So, if anyone's looking to get amongst it, where can they find you? So we are on Kawara Road in Tarrant Point, um, Reborn Fitness Club. Um, if you if you live in the area, just just reach out to us on our yeah. Instagram or our Facebook. Cool. Well, bro, thanks for coming on. Not I a appreciate problem. the story. Everyone's going to get a stack out of it. And um, I'm sure, yeah, in about five more years' time, maybe we'll jump on again and we'll talk about what's happened since then. Hell yeah. Hopefully, it's not as much drama as oh, last man, time. I'm sure there won't be. Only success. It won't be as fun. Only success. <laughs> uh, cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.